Chapter Twenty Three of the Fall River Tragedy by Edwin H. Porter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Three. Third Day of the Trial. Civil Engineer Thomas Kieran gave an exhaustive statement of measurements he had made on the premises. James A. Walsh, photographer of Fall River, testified as to the accuracy of the pictures he had made of the victims and the house on the day of the killing. John Vinicom Morse was the third witness called. His examination was conducted by District Attorney Moody, and was not different in any manner from that at the preliminary trial. Abram G. Hart, treasurer of the Union Savings Bank, testified as to Mr. Borden's movements on the morning of the 4th of August, as also did John T. Burrell, cashier of the Union National Bank, Everett M. Cook, cashier of the First National Bank, Jonathan Clegg, a hat dealer, Joseph Shortsleeves, a carpenter, and John Maher, a carpenter. The afternoon of Wednesday, the third day of the trial, was devoted entirely to the examination of Bridget Sullivan. Bridget's testimony did not differ materially from that given in the lower courts. Her direct examination was the same as appears heretofore. On cross-examination by Mr. Robinson, these facts were disclosed. She had lived with the Bordens nearly three years, and it was a pleasant family to live with, so far as she knew. She never saw any quarrelling, but she didn't see the family all this time. It was customary for Lizzie and Emma to eat alone. Sometimes, however, they ate with the family. They usually slept later than the others. Lizzie spoke to Mrs. Borden, and Mrs. Borden spoke to her. Lizzie gave her a civil answer on the morning of the murder. Going back to the house with his questioning, Mr. Robinson asked her if she locked the screen door when she returned from the yard, and told her that she had testified before that she did not know whether she had hooked it or not. This confused the witness, and she finally said she didn't know whether she hooked it or not. She did not remember what was asked her about the family eating together when she was questioned at the inquest, but she was ready to say now that they always ate together so far as she knew. Bridget had nothing to do with the front parts of the house, and seldom went in those rooms. She could not go into those rooms unless she got a key, which was kept on the mantel in the sitting-room. There was a doorbell for upstairs, but she knew nothing about it. Nobody else occupied the attic with the witness the night before the murder. She got up at 6.15 by her bedroom clock. There was a clock in every room. Mr. Robinson required her to tell again what was on the breakfast-table. Bridget added that they had butter, which occasioned some little merriment. He tried Bridget's memory by asking her what Mrs. Borden did on Wednesday morning. He got an answer. She was positive that Lizzie had on a blue wrapper Wednesday morning, but she could not tell the kind of dress she wore Thursday morning. In the afternoon she had on a pink wrapper. There was a kitchen closet in the back corner of the north side of the house which she had occasion to enter. It had a window in it, but she did not know how it was, open or shut. All the time she was washing windows, the screen door was unhooked. She did not anticipate that there would be any trouble, and she went to the barn six or seven times to get water. This was while the door was unhooked. She went to the corner of the yard on the south side of the house and talked to Mrs. Kelly's girl, and anybody could have entered the side door and not been seen by her. Well, said Robinson, the coast was clear while you stood talking to the Kelly girl. Yes, said Bridget, I could see the front door, but I could not see the side door. 
Bridget did not enter the front part of the house that morning until she heard a noise at the front of the house. The last time she saw Mr. Borden before he went out was when he took his pitcher and key and went up the back stairs. While she was drawing water in the barn she saw no one and did not look for anyone. She might have seen them if they came and might not. Witness could not tell anything about the parlour or its windows. If anyone was in that room she would not have known it. After she had finished work, she came into the house and locked the door on the inside. As she let Mr. Borden in the front door, she heard Lizzie laugh, but did not see her. Lizzie was afterward talking with her father about the mail. She did not pay any attention to what was said, but the talk was pleasant. Didn't pay any attention to the fire, and didn't know whether it was out or not. The flats were on the stove. Thinks Lizzie had them there. While Lizzie ate her cookies and coffee, witness was out in the backyard. Thinks she got upstairs about three minutes before eleven o'clock, and had seen nothing wrong about the house. Lizzie said to her, Maggie, come down quick, father is killed, or words which meant the same. Then she went right off to get Dr. Bowen. She could not tell whether the door was locked or not. In fact, she was confused and cannot remember just what did happen for a while. When she returned from Alice Russell's house, Dr. Bowen was in the house, and so was Mrs. Churchill. She did not see any blood on Lizzie. After a while, Lizzie went upstairs. I did not see anybody come down with a note. I think I would have seen them had they entered the back door, said Bridget. When she went to go upstairs with Mrs. Churchill, she passed through the dining room, and Lizzie was then left in the kitchen. Mr. Borden was then on the sofa covered up with a sheet, and when Lizzie went upstairs she passed through the sitting-room also. Witness thought it was about ten-thirty o'clock when Mr. Borden entered the front door. On Wednesday morning she learned that all of the family had been ill the night before, that is, the day she had on the light blue wrapper. Mr. Moody asked her if this dress she had on Wednesday was the same one referred to as made in the spring, and the answer was yes. There was a time when Mrs. Borden was sick, and neither of the girls went into the room. End of chapter 23